BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kirsty. Hey, Kim. I'm trying to concentrate on recording this next episode. I know that we need to get this done, but I'm so hungry. It's really, really distracting me right now. I know. This may be totally cheesy, but I am craving mac and cheese right now. Ooh, (laughs) mac and cheese is always the right answer. Always. (laughs) Always. And you know what else is? Todd Parr. Oh. So is Todd Parr. Yeah. And Todd Parr and good, good books go together like mac and cheese. And today's book, The Monster Mac and Cheese Party by the one and only Todd Parr, is no exception. It's so true. It's such a good book. We're super excited to talk with Todd today. So keep calm and get your mac and cheese on. Let's do it. I don't think we could pick a favorite Todd Parr book. You have so many, so many amazing books and they're so recognizable. We don't even mm-hmm. have to see your name. As soon as I see a Todd Parr book, I know it's your book. And so you've got so many wonderful ones, like the thankful book, the kindness book. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, all of these are so bibliotherapeutic and I'm actually a therapist as well as a children's book author. So love that your books are things that, are, are books that we can use with children to help them process and think about their feelings. It's just, and now we have the monster Mac and cheese party, which is so much fun. Where did you get the idea for this book? Well, um, thank you. And there, you know, there was a day when people looked at my books and go, what are these? They didn't know <laughs> our book. They're like, what do you do with these? There's no characters. There's no pastel bunnies. There's no stories. What do you do with these books? Um, and it took a long time, um, you know, to be like kind of all by yourself. And now you can spot a Todd Parr book from a distance, which is mm-hmm. very happy to hear. But it, it wasn't always that way. But uh, thank you for having me. And Monster Mac and Cheese Party came about from my editor said, you know, we we do really well with like books kind of sort of loosely timed with the holiday, but not specific to the holiday. 
Um, and I learned my lesson on um, the I Love You book uh, on that because I didn't want to do an I Love You book. And mm-hmm. that was the first book that went to the New York Times bestseller list. So I learned my lesson. Wow. Um, and I also so figured cool. out you can do a book that has a feel of a holiday, but you don't have to talk about the holiday. So she said, Todd, we don't really have a Halloween book from you. We have the I'm Not Scared book, that sort of a, but it's not a Halloween book. And I said, I really don't feel a Halloween book. I just don't know what I would do. And I said, I'll try, I'll figure it out. But I said, I really can't do it. And, you know, you always have to have, if you say you can't do something, it's like, well, then what would you do? Well, mm-hmm. I, I needed something. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do monsters. And they have this party where they have to bring macaroni and cheese. And then you can do a mummy and werewolves and a spider and all these crazy things. And, you know, everybody knows I love macaroni and cheese. And they know from It's Okay to Be Different, where I put the page in about eating it in the bathtub, even though it's <laughs> supposed to trigger a whole thing. Um <laughs> But I just, my two of my favorite things, and I sent it, and she's like, I had, this is so not what I was thinking (laughs) from you. I asked you to do something, and you did this, and it's brilliant. We love it. We love it more than a Halloween. Mm. And so, again, it was figuring to do something. I love how you take mac and cheese, which is a very simple and, you know, the kind of dish that any child, most any child will eat. Oh, and yes. then you mm-hmm. make it very diverse. <laughs> right. And somehow you bring in this, this theme of diversity and being willing to try new things and maybe make new friends also. I think yes. it's really beautiful. There is a, a, a subtle Todd Parr message throughout um, you know, in that, even though it's nice just to do a book that is fun and doesn't have this social emotional like agenda in it, you know, it's nice to take a break and just say, like, okay, it's monsters and macaroni and cheese. Like, how simple is that? <laughs> um, you know, you don't have to think a lot about it, but um, but you know, I did end it, I added the recipes at the end, which I felt I've always wanted to do something around food, so this really worked. And then the end message, just reminding kids, you know, about trying new things and making new friends. And I saw an interview early on and it said, the message at the end felt forced, <laughs> you know, but that's like, that's what I do. That is a Todd Parr thing, you know. But that's I, so monster, funny. Monster Was that the first Todd Parr book they've read? <laughs> I, we wonder in those cases. I don't think so. I think it felt different enough to them that it wasn't a typical Todd Parr book that I just had to get that message in, which may be true because you can't do a Todd Parr book now and not end it with a message. It's just like sure. a sure thing. Well, and I love that though, I because I think it wraps things up so nicely for kids and for adults, you know, it, it's, it's a really great place after reading to start the conversation about the book. Um, so I'm glad that you put that in there. I think it's yes, wonderful. Um, as an author illustrator, what typically comes first for you? Would it be the words or the art? Um, it's generally like, what is this book going to be about? Like, even if it's not the name of the book, it's like, what is this about? Um, and then it will start off like with an outline. And a lot of my stuff is repetitive. It's just like, it's okay to be different if this, it's okay to be different to be that. 
And then um, like in Be Who You Are too. It's just like, be your own self, be confident, be kind. Um, mm-hmm. so usually I try and find uh, some kind of flow, um, but the words are the hardest part for me. Um, once I have an outline of how I think it's going to go, I just start in the art because that's the easiest thing for me. Um, I know in the end, I'm going to have a lot of help with, you know, the flow, the everything about it, which is not my strength. So I sort of don't over-focus on that on the beginning. I just need sort of a, a path to run with. And then in the end, I know they're going to totally take it all apart and make it <laughs> readable. <laughs> Your editor will help you with that. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That we've been together long enough that they know all my weaknesses um, <laughs> and my strengths. And so I don't even apologize. And if there's a misspelled word or you know, <laughs> the punctuation, I don't even like... You know what? I love how collaborative making a picture book is. It's such a beautiful process. Can you give us a look into the writing process for this particular story? Um, It was, again, like taking a Halloween task with the Halloween idea. For me, it was once I figured out it was going to be monsters were having this party. Well, then I knew it was going to be macaroni and cheese. Um, And I wanted it to have this like sort of like evite like you know like make it like <laughs> um you know that yeah got an evite to this party and, um it was just it was it was a lot of fun and i felt like it gave me a lot of room to play around with things that um that i don't normally get to do just like the warning and the invite and you know the big words and um, and then again, the repetitiveness was ding dong. It's like, who's here? Ding mm-hmm. dong. You know, that can go on forever. Um, but it was once I got into it, I got really excited and I'm like, I love this and I don't care what they say. Um, this is <laughs> going to be the next book. Um, well, so it was an easy process for me, easier. The ding dong, I mean, that part is so much fun because a kid can stop and be and guess who's coming next, who's going to be the right. next person yeah. right. to the door. I thought about for a minute, I thought I haven't been doing a lot of school visits um, yet, you know, because of the past and everything. I just haven't gone in the time of year. But mm-hmm. I was reading it a few Zooms and I thought I should get one of those doorbells. It just goes. <laughs> and then I thought, no, that's too cheesy Todd it's like I'm not gimmicky but but I keep saying it ding dong and I was like I should just ring a bell and for kids they would be like if I'm not saying I'm not doing it but I was like <laughs> like I don't want to start this thing where everybody knows I've got a doorbell that I bring with me and read this book I don't know Todd I think it might make it more exciting yeah it's a good idea it, you might want to just, a just very consider good it idea. yeah it may but then I'm also worried that you know Todd carries around a doorbell with him <laughs> just in case what's that all about <laughs> Oh, I love that. But you can just, you create these highly engaging and entertaining and important books that meet kids where they're at. And they're all so special in their own way and and different, right? Even though you were saying like the repetitiveness and that, um, that structure is the same, they're 
they're, they are all different and important and, and they're all wonderful. So what tips do you have for other authors um, or illustrators that want to try to replicate that? Well, um, thank you. And for me, I think it's taking sometimes very difficult things to explain or simplify for four to eight-year-olds or or even younger. And I think that's something, maybe a strength that I did not know that I had. And, and that works because of my simple art style. I mean, it looks like a six-year-old does my drawings. Um, and, you know, I, I think already kids are drawn to that. And so the big funky lines, you know, the bright colors, they're like, I can draw like that. You know, mm -hmm. they don't even know what I'm talking about. But for me, I think it's humor, unpredictability, my simple art style. Um, it allows me to take something that's complicated and sort of explain it. I think the other thing that um, helps is if you have something that's uniquely you or distinct to your style. Mine became that end message of the book that all of my books um, and it didn't start out that way, but once I figured that out, then now they all end. So people know I'm going to have a message at the end of my books. It's like, I have a predictability about my style and my books. And I think, you know, that was important for me because I don't have characters or stories, but um, I think that you have to find something that you feel that makes your books different and unique. Cause like, when they said, I want you to do uh, I Love You book, I was like, I don't want to do an I Love You book. Why? Because there's a million of them. And then she said, but there's not a Todd Parr I Love You book. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, uh oh, yeah. So I was intimidated by the, the fact that there are so many out there. How could mine even find a place? So I think that's a lesson, too, for people. It's just like take something that's very you know, important to you, something that's close to your heart, something that you feel strongly about, something that you could explain to the masses. Um, and don't be intimidated by others oh, already books about this because there isn't one of your books. You know, find your own unique style. And I think always think about the parent reading the book or the teacher or like, why would somebody else be interested in this book? You know, it's like, what Good is question? It? in it because you know people have a lot of great stories to write um for kids and a lot of them are based on their own kids or things in their lives they're beautiful things but does everybody else one you know why is that important to somebody else i think um as is important it is you know to me i mean i think that's like key yeah, definitely. So many people like I have this taught. I have this amazing story about my daughter. And if you could, I could just share it with you. Um, and you're like, it is a beautiful story. But if they don't know you or your daughter, what inspires them about this story for someone else to say, I don't need to know who this girl is. And right. Um, yes, yeah, so you have to somehow have some way to resonate with other people. It has to have a universal appeal. Right. You do a really good job with that in your stories. You do. So you've mentioned like several times that your stories don't have characters. They don't, you know, that there's not a narrative in the same way that maybe a character driven or another book would have. Would you call your stories concept books or how would you, or social emotional 
like social emotion categorize yeah it really is it's like from the beginning people are like what are these and then i remember it's okay to be different and that book really when i finally got to that point of that book i felt like this book really it's like in your dreams where you're screaming but nothing's coming out i felt like i was like you know like i was trying all these things but when that book came out i said this is exactly what i'm doing and people say what are these books i'm like it's okay to be different for me <laughs> i was trying to tell the world yes that's I my thing it. about everything inside of me you know from having to repeat second grade because i couldn't read to kids making fun of me everything in my life the struggles that i did being made fun of it's like was in that book and this is what i'm trying to tell the world and that book ended up in the uh self-help section of borders uh when that was still around and mm -hmm. i was like really upset about it because i was like it's a picture book and it's like you know, well, it goes in social emotional sections because, you know, people say, well, my child doesn't have social emotional issues. So, you know, I was like, but it's a book that a kid, you want kids to feel confident and good about who they are. So if they see it on the picture book while not in a dark corner, you know, right. it's like they feel like the rest and it's OK. And they begin to accept themselves and feel more confident and be a better human. And so there were a lot of bridges and roads to cross with my with my work and um, getting to this point. And everybody always said, you're just ahead of yourself. Um, and then slowly, like things started catching up to me. And now I'm kind of like the world caught up to to where I'm at. And people are going, my kid does have issues. And we do yeah. need to talk about these things sooner than later. And they're mm -hmm. here really early on that I don't have answers for. And, you know, so it's right. just shifted so dramatically from when my first book came out in 1998. So, it's oh, wow. so wow. 25 different. years ago. I know. That's amazing. I know. I was going to say when, when you said they, that someone said to you that kids don't have social emotional issues, I thought, <laughs> I'm going to challenge you on showing me a child that doesn't have any social or emotional <laughs> challenges because um, they do. And and that book is so important, um, I think, for kids. But I think it's also a really good reminder for the adults that read it to the kids about yeah. being different and being who you are. And, um, and embracing who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Not just, you know, being okay with it, but embracing who you are. Yeah. It's important. Mm -hmm. It was it was sweeping things under the rug because it's like I don't even know how to talk about this, so we're not going there. It's just like mm -hmm. you're different. That's just the way it is. Now let's move on. Um, right. You know, <laughs> right. Like let's talk about what makes you unique and different and embrace. Let's celebrate it. Embrace yes. it. Celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot has changed since that book came out too. Even in two thousand, I think it was two thousand. Okay. Wow. So. Okay, so you've been you've been writing and doing this book thing for quite a number of years now, but I read in your bio that before you were an author illustrator that you were um you were a flight attendant. Is that I, correct? I was. Which I, I so I was I used to be terrified of flying. I've recently um become much better about flying. So I'm in awe of the fact that that's what you did for your job. But I'm curious 
how did you make the jump from flight attendant to children's author? How did that come about? Well, well, first, I know our our listeners will not be able to visualize this, but picture the beverage cart on the airplane in the middle of the aisle. So I have one right to my side. It's a Pan Am. Um, yes, I can cart. see it. Oh, you did. <laughs> So I still feel the flight attendant thing in me. Um, that was an amazing job that I really, really loved and got so much out of that. One of the things was is self-confidence. I think meeting new people traveling around the world makes everyone a better person when you get to experience that. And so that mm-hmm. helped a lot with my confidence, which in turn helped me focus on what do I really want to do in life? And that was come back to my art. And it took me yeah. back second grade when I was tracing the outline of Snoopy the dog and I got so good that I could finally draw Snoopy on my own because I couldn't read um and I knew then that I loved uh art and again I just was never good at it I didn't have a lot of encouragement my art was never winning awards and negative comments and and no confidence and so I said you know forget it. I'm going to do this art and I don't care what anybody says. And I just started painting like old furniture. I started painting like anything I could find at like a used place. Then I started doing canvases and then I was like trying to show them and all the galleries were like, Oh no, what is this stuff? And And then I went to t-shirts. I'm like, well, if you won't show my art, I'll do t-shirts and mugs and everything else. Wow. Um, And uh, I did get into a few places with my art post trio uh, in San Francisco when that was open. It was a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. I got in there and sold two pieces. That, again, added a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Going, and I was still flying, and I was borrowing money, and I was doing trade shows, and I don't even know what I was doing. I just was, like, in denial and just kept just... I don't know what I was even chasing. It was certainly <laughs> wasn't to be a children's author. That never even entered my mind. And it was uh, after I signed with a licensing agent to license my art for products so that it could free me up and give me money. Um, mm-hmm. We did the licensing show in New York. And I had a lot of my original artwork in the booth with a lot of the products and uh, this person come up and said, I saw your art all the way from the end of the aisle and I had to see what it was. And you've got greeting cards with messages and you're like, what is, you know, tell me. And I go, well, blah, blah, blah. And she said, have you ever thought about writing kids books? And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I haven't. And then I thought there's a million reasons why that never entered my mind. I couldn't read. I I don't have stories. I don't have characters. I was like, no, no, there's no way. And I'm a horrible speller. I barely made it out of high school. Like, no, you have you have to be smart to be a writer, and you have to have stories, and you have to be. I I'm like, no. And she said, well, wow, that's a lot, but you sort of already are because you're putting these messages with your art and you're telling a story. And I was like, okay. And so she said, what do you think you would do if you were to write a kid's book? What what would it be? And I'm like, well, it would be like the okay book just to let kids know they're okay. And then I'd be silly too. So there'd be do's and don'ts. And, and 
that was the the beginning of uh of all that and you know it was marker and paper it was stick figures it was like I've come so far in my art, you know, even though it still looks like a six-year-old, it was like, it went from like a two-year-old to where I've been locked in now for ever six years. <laughs> so um, you're the woman, or was it a woman who spoke to you or a man? about Megan, her, Megan Tingley, she was an editor at Little Brown okay. when mm -hmm. they were still in Boston. And okay. she is still my editor today wow. wow even though she's the president and everything in of little brown um she still does a few books um and so i work with her and uh her editorial assistant and she still oversees it and the the thing from that is is like in the beginning she saw something in me that i didn't see in myself and she didn't give up because I was not an overnight sensation or, you know, this big hit. People were intrigued, confused, and <laughs> curious about this new book thing. Good place to start. <laughs> even, this even, is such a beautiful journey. I love how circuitous <laughs> it is. Yeah. I know. It's it's like I I'm like I am ex an extremely modest person. So I never really have these moments where I just sit there with a glass of wine and go, remember this and <laughs> you know just sailing along you know what an amazing you know but i do have moments where i say how fortunate how lucky i am um how appreciative i am and also i'm rewarded with the type of books that i do because i don't just write a book collect money and then think about the next book i'm writing about things that are actually helping to make a difference in the world for mm -hmm. their kids that have struggled and even grown-ups um, so that is the reward from this, but I do feel extremely fortunate. And, you know, nowadays, even too, in, in like the kids' book business wasn't as brutal as adults, but, you know, she didn't give up on me. I mean, there was no overnight hit and they mm -hmm. did not give up and in it's paid off. Um, wow. Sure has. It sure has. That's, a, that's an amazing so story. People. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing that story. Yes. Sure. So, so <laughs> go ahead, Kirsty. We have one last question for you. When someone picks up a Todd, uh, a Todd Parr book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Um, I hope they feel more confident in who they are. I hope they feel inspired. Um, to be happy with themselves or to be confident um, that they matter and are important and um, and that they take whatever they take away, um, that it made them feel good. And I think even if it's just looking at the art or whatever it is that, you know, that maybe it inspires them. And I think that is so much more important, important now than when it, when I was out doing it, I was doing it because I was like, I was the kid that was lost and didn't know who I was. And, you know, I was writing about all these things that I struggled with. And now, you know, in the world and things where we're at, it's like, it's so complicated and so challenging in so many ways that I hope that you just look at a Todd Parr book um, and feel better about who you are. A big thank you to Todd 
for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for the Monster Mac and Cheese Party. Check out the show notes to learn more about Todd and his other fabulous books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and happy looking! Happy looking!